loud that every demon in hell hears and flees. The enemy cannot stand our worship. He just has to flee. So Father God, we lift you up right now. We lift you up above every circumstance, Father, every situation, Lord God. We just praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord God. Psalm 26 says, My foot stands in an even place. And in the, congregation, in the congregations, I will bless the Lord. My foot stands in an even place. And I just felt to really read that out this morning, guys. It's like some of you, you know, you're getting a bit weary from being in that uneven place. It's like walking over rocks can be hard. You know, it takes a lot of, a lot of concentration and you slip. And it's like God saying, I'm bringing you into a steadiness a steadiness in him. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people. We just praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord God. You're a mighty king. Jesus' name. Thank you for such an endurance, Lord God that in the face of adversity, Father, your people are steadfast. They don't slip we just thank you, Father, you're bringing such a strength to people's hearts that it's not his design that you're continually slipping all the time. We just thank you for that steadiness. Jesus' mighty name. Praise you, God. Whew. All right, guys. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Let's get into the word this morning, guys. Who was stirred from this last weekend? Whew. Who's got a testimony of something God did, something God did in their heart or, you know, just, just something that speaks of him? Who's got a testimony? You don't have to get up and share it, but I just want you to raise your hands. Everyone look around. You can't tell me that our God's not real. Amen. And you know who needs that testimony? It's the people out there. Hallelujah. Let's be about that. Well, so stirred this morning. Um, it's funny when I was seeking God about what to, what to preach on, I was like, I want to preach about reaching the lost, you know, because there was so much last weekend about evangelism and sharing our testimony. But I just kind of felt God uh, bring me back a step. And um, Jenkin pretty much... Uh, shared the first part of my message in his communion message. There was that much uh, sync going on. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to read this just to open it up. So you don't have to turn here. Uh, but it's Acts uh, chapter 5. And, you know, Jesus had gone to the cross. He'd risen. Uh, the apostles were filled with the Spirit. And it's like, you know, they just couldn't stop speaking of Jesus. You know, they seen the man at the gate raised up. They seen miracles as our Pastor Jenkin read, that God was adding to the, the church daily. They just wanted to be about what God was doing. But an interesting thing uh, in Acts chapter 5, and I'm going to start from verse 35, the Pharisees kind of pipe up and they're like, you guys need to stop speaking about Jesus. You need to be quiet. And of course, their response was, well, are we going to obey man or are we going to obey God? And then, and then this is what Gamil, one of the Pharisees, says, to the rest of the Pharisees, he says, 
And then he said to the men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. So that's one example of, you know, that was man's idea. What happened? Came to nothing. Let's have a look at the next one. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and he drew away many people after him. He also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Second example. Verse 38. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. Verse 39. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you be found to even be fighting against God. Wow. So that just kind of opens up my message, really. You know, we as believers, we don't want to be about our own business. We want to be about our Father's business. And when we are about our Father's business, it cannot be overthrown. Amen? Staying in sync with him. And, you know, I'm not talking about salvation here. We're, we're born again. That's a done deal by grace through faith. But, you know, the more we go on with God, he, he gives us desires and, you know, we get stirred for the kingdom and we want to share our faith. And, and, you know, all these exciting things start to happen in our hearts. But we want to stay in sync with him. And what can happen sometimes is, you know, we get really excited and we kind of step out of that. And um, I just read 1 John 5.3. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. You know, Jesus said, If you love me, you're going to obey me. But I love this next part. And his commandments are not burdensome. The Amplified says, Burdensome, oppressive, and grievous. You know, sometimes when we get into a lot of human effort, that's what can happen Serving God becomes oppressive and, and burdensome and it becomes hard. But that's not God's design because it says he, his commandments are not burdensome. It was funny, we had the footy on yesterday and just for a little bit, not a, not a massive footy fan, but, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, we as believers, it's not about our performance, you know. If we're over in human effort over here, we can kind of get a bit of a performance mentality. And, you know, you think about uh, the footy players. Well, if they play bad, well, game's over. Like, they, they don't, they don't uh, win. But it's the opposite with us believers. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's about faith. It's about believing. And then it says, For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It doesn't get much more simple than that. It's like, God, I trust you. God, I trust you that what your, your son did on the cross, that was enough. God, I get to walk in your victory. Father, I thank you. Believing, faith. The next part, he who comes to God must believe that God is. Do you believe that there's that sacrifice that is enough for your need? Believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
And in Acts chapter 2, I think Pastor Jenkin touched on this as well. There was a phrase in that that really caught my attention. And I was like, God, what's the, what's the title for this sermon? And I still didn't have one. But as soon as Pastor Jenkin was talking, I'm like, that's it. Because that phrase stood out to me. And it says in Acts 2.46, that they continued in the temple daily with one accord, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness. And ready for this next part? Simplicity of heart. Isn't that what we want? Simplicity of heart, you know, being able to serve him with that childlike face and faith. You know, I think about, um, I go walking with my kids a lot down the beach and I'm like, you know, but we go on the footpath for about 20 minutes. I'm like, guys, hold my hand because, you know, the road's busy and there's cars right there. And sometimes it's like they, they run ahead and they're like, look at me, mum. And, you know, we'll do a cartwheel or whatever. And I'm like, stop, no, don't do that. The road's right there, you know. <laughs> Just walk with me. Just hold my hand. Don't get ahead of yourself. Psalm 51.16 says, For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer you. That's the Passion Translation. So, you know, I was thinking about this and sometimes what can happen is we default to one of three positions. Uh, position one is what I kind of already talked about is human effort, so much human effort, where it's all of us, not much God, we're striving, we're in works, and there's not a lot of fruit. You know, and I can think of a few examples in the Bible where, you know, Peter, love Peter, see myself in Peter a lot. But, um, you know, when uh, Jesus went up to the mountain, he took Peter, James and John and, and God appeared and the glory cloud come, and Peter's like interrupting the whole thing. And he's like, God, it's very good for me to, to, for me to make a tabernacle for you three. And he's kind of off doing his own thing. And then the voice of God just kind of speaks over him and says, this is my beloved son, hear him. <laughs> you know, he got so zealous and excited, cutting off the guard's ear. Lots of human effort, but not God. Or Abraham, we think about Ishmael. You know, he heeded the voice of Sarah instead of the voice of God, to try and fulfil the promises. Amen. It's funny, as I was writing this, I had some worship music on and a YouTube ad came up and interrupted my worship music. But this is what the YouTube ad says. And it was a, an ad for like a website. And the first line was, um, there's nothing more powerful than making your thing happen. <laughs> and I was like, that is exactly what I'm preaching on, but the opposite, you know, we want to be about God's thing. Sometimes we can default to say not much effort at all. If we think about Thomas, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I see the, the marks in your hands, Lord. You know, at least Peter got out of the boat. All the other disciples just sat in the boat. You know, I know where I'd prefer to be. But really where we want to be is this last position, and that's Christ in us. John 5:19 says, then Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in a like manner. That's what we want to do, right? Amen. So I'm just going to talk on those three different positions this morning. You guys all good? We ready to do it? Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Father God, I thank you for your message to the people, Lord God. And I just thank you, Father, for utterance to speak. 
Lord, we thank you that your truth grows out, Father, and brings change. Lord, it brings us to maturity, Father God, that we are the church, that we are the church that you've called us to be, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, let's go to, let's go to Proverbs 3. Open the, your Bibles this morning if you can. Who bought their Bibles? few of us, I'm not using the uh, screen, so I'm going to make you guys work. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Who knows this one? Anyone know it off by heart? <laughs> this is one that I was taught as a kid. I used to love this, this um, verse. So Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Lean on, trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Pretty clear. Verse 6, In all your ways, recognise and acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight your, and plain your paths. I've used the amplified version there. And so that word acknowledge is to know thoroughly and to recognise a thing to be what it really is. It's not just like, you know, acknowledging someone in the street, yep, g'day, and, and that's it. It's not that. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, Morning by morning he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. So I just thought that was really important, you know, because we use those examples of Peter and Abraham and these people that were perhaps, you know, there was lots of human effort, but it wasn't quite God. Just know this morning, church, that God is so faithful and that he will always bring you into his will when you're determining to be in his will. Again, acknowledging him. He's the good shepherd. He's not the lazy shepherd or the bad shepherd. Amen. He's the good shepherd and he will direct us if we sit with him and give him time. All right, so the first point that I want to make this morning is dependence on God. Everyone say dependence. Dependence on God. And if we can turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. So, you know, when we talk about uh, human effort, like it's a negative thing, well, we think, okay, so what do I do? Nothing? No, it's not that we do nothing, but it's that we do nothing without a dependence on God. There's a difference there. And, you know, in Matthew 18, there's a great example of this. And um, it, it, the disciples are getting all revved up. And obviously, they've been walking with Jesus for a while. And they're like, all right, let's go. We're going to ask him that question that we've all been wanting to know. <laughs> and it's Matthew 18. We'll start at verse 1. And it says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Whew, bold question. And so you can think about it, you know, there's probably the Pharisees sitting there and they were like, well, it'd, it'd probably be us. Like, you know, super holy, we tithe a lot, we, we just nail the Sabbath every Friday to Sunday, that is us. Like, they would have been over here, Jesus. But then the disciples probably would have been like, well, look at us, you know. We've been walking with the, the Lamb of God, like it'd definitely be us. Peter would have been like, I'm called the rock, it's me for sure, you know. But if we read on, verse 2, Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Verse 4, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. He really just kind of sets them all on there. You know, flatline, it's not about you and your efforts, it's always about me. Amen? And I love what the Amplified says um, in that it's when it, when it describes a little child, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving. Wow. You know, another thing about kids is that they're so teachable, you know? We as Christians and people of God should always be learning. That was one of the best bits of advice, I think it was Pastor Rosemary actually, that said, just stay teachable, you know? No one ever makes it. Stay teachable, stay humble. I love being around people that are teachable and, and want to know more. It's just like great conversation. Jesus says, just come and ask. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. If you think about how radical that was, because you've got the Jewish people who have just come out of the old covenant, there was a sacrifice for this, a sacrifice for that, 618, was it, laws? There's just so much going on. There's so much performance, you know? And Jesus brings them over here and just says, hey, guys, just ask. Ask in faith. Knock and it'll be opened. Serving him with simplicity of heart. Don't let the enemy complicate your belief system. It's not complicated. Amen? actually had a dream a few years ago that God's just been uh, reminding me of. And um, in the dream, who knows that God speaks through dreams? Yeah, it's not an unusual thing. God does speak to us through our dreams, amen? And so in this dream, it was like I, I seen the whole township of Broome and there was a big fire. There was this massive fire that was starting to break out. And um, in the dream, there was a few firefighters, probably about four or five, and they were all suited up. They had all the proper headgear and everything, and, like, they were equipped. They were the guys that were going to do it, you know. They were going to put the fire out. But in the dream, I heard God say, I want you to go. I want you to go and put the fire out. And I was like, I can't put the fire out. What do you mean? They are the ones that are supposed to put the fire out. Look, they're trained. It's, you take years. It's dangerous. You know, that, it's them. Just let them do it. But I just heard God say, no, you do it. And so often, you know, we can think that uh, the call of God or whatever God has called us to do, we, we point and we think, no, them, let them do it. They're better. But God's like, no, I want you. It's the ones that know they can't do it without him. Amen? But are still willing to go. So we don't just stay in, oh, I can't do it without you, God. Yeah, I can't do it without you, but I'm dependent on you, Father, and I'm willing to go. Amen? Every single one of us has got something to do in the kingdom. Hallelujah. And just as a little side note, I just felt God say, put this in. Um, recipe for deception. No one wants to be in deception, right? It's independence. When you're not submitted to anyone. Ephesians 5 says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Oh, we don't really like that, but it's a godly thing. You know, even Paul, who got this revelation of the gospel, he says, I didn't get it from any man, I got it from God. But what did he go and do? He went and submitted it to the apostles. And because it was of God, it was not going to be overthrown. And they were like, yes, yes, that's it. I remember when I first joined the church and just started to get excited and 
you know, I felt God speak to me about this and I went to mentioning Pastor Rose a lot this morning. And I, oh, she's out the back, isn't she? I was <laughs> but I said to her, hey, I just really invite you to speak in. I want someone more mature than me, someone further along in the Lord who's going to be able to speak. And it's a godly design, guys. It's actually for our protection. doesn't need to be one of the pastors, but choose someone who's got good fruit in their life. Allow them to speak in. Amen. I was down the beach this morning and I was thinking about that and I thought, you know how Judas betrayed Jesus? I thought, I wonder if he was, you know, accountable to someone if he would have allowed someone to speak in, if that would have stopped him from betraying Jesus. Because obviously he was off on his own doing all this stuff, you know, and, and no one was able to speak into it, speak truth into it, and he betrayed Jesus. Just a little side thought. So I was looking up names, actually, um, of the church, you know, in the Bible. What, what are we called in the Bible? There's so many different names, but the whole design of the kingdom of God is that we are created to be together. Amen? No lone rangers. So some of the names, these are straight from scripture. I won't name all the, the, the references, but you can come to me after if you like. So the assembly of the saints, the assembly of the upright, the body of Christ, the branch of God's planting, congregation of the saints, family in heaven and on earth, the flock of God, the fold of Christ, God's building. Not once is it like person or what's another singular name for, you know, man or whatever. It's always when it's referred to the church where many parts but one body. How good's that? That's good news. I love um, Proverbs 11.25. It says, The generous soul will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. <gasps> Wow, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I know sometimes in my life when I've gotten a bit, you know, weary or down or whatever, it's because I'm too self-focused. I'm going to go around and get around other people and start blessing them and start speaking encouragement into their life. Gee, that's a lift. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? So good. You guys are so quiet this morning. <laughs> Got to ask some more questions like what Pastor Pete was saying. <laughs> Actually, I have a question written here. So my next point, talking about the rest of God, Pastor Peter touched on that a little bit last week, but I'm just going to go into it from kind of a different angle. Question, have you ceased from your labours and have you entered into his rest? I know, I want that. Hebrews 4.10 says, For he who has entered... He meaning us, little he, little h, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You know, talking about when God created the heavens and the earth, it's like he got to the seventh day and it, it's not because he was exhausted. I've got to rest. You know, it wasn't that. It's because it was perfect and it was complete and it was finished. And so he just got to rest. He's like, let's just hang out, Jesus. Let's just enjoy Adam and Eve and the animals, you know. It was finished. But it's the same as us. We've got to make sure we're in the rest of God, not in performance and, and human effort, because every need has already been accounted for. Amen? We can laugh our way to victory. 
the complete work of Christ. I love what uh, Mary said in response to the angel. You know, imagine if you're a woman, you have an angel appear to you, this is your assignment. You're going to birth the saviour of the world. Wow, what an assignment. Now, she didn't say, right, Joseph, that's it. Pack up, sell up. We're going to go buy a mansion. We're going to go buy the best produce. And she didn't get herself into a big frenzy, you know. The last thing that the angel said to Mary was, with God, all things are possible. And how's Mary's response? This church is where rest is. Mary's response to the angel was, let it be unto me according to your word. Wow. That's where rest is. You know, if you can think about a situation that you're facing right now, that's what you need to be thinking. The provisions in the word, we're partakers of these great and precious promises. Father, let it be to my family according to your word. Father, let it be to, my, to, to broom according to your word. If you're believing for health, Father, let it be to my health according to your word. The rest of God, that's what we want to be in. The enemy would get us over here in performance, you know, but we're out of grace when we're doing that. That just sort of wears you out and you end up giving up. We step over here, Father, I thank you that you've done it all, that every provision's there. Amen. I actually wrote this down a few months back and I've taken a screenshot of it and put it on my notes, but, you know, with the enemy trying to get us over here into works, it's, it's a drive, it's tiring. There's almost a dread when you don't sort of fulfil what needs to be fulfilled. It speaks of where we're lacking. It's kind of like this is all on you mentality. You know, it gets you working but to no end and there's limited results. But if we go over here, the Holy Spirit will give you an invitation. It brings faith, it brings joy, it brings clarity. When God speaks, it brings a new sense of expectation on what he's going to do. You know, the rest of God. That's what we want to be in. Think about if I'm, I walk my dog every morning. Imagine if I got behind my dog and like started pushing her. That's the drive of the enemy, you know. No, I, don't, I just put her on a lead or sometimes no lead at all. And I'm just like, come on, you know, and she's happy to follow. Watch out for that. Point three, he wants your heart before he wants your activity. He wants your heart before he wants your activity. True fruitfulness comes from abiding in him. Amen. Psalm third, we're going to go to, in this point, Psalm 37 and Ephesians 3.20. Ooh, I'm running out of time. Psalm 37 and Ephesians 3.20. You know, it says in the gospel so much that uh, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness and prayed, right? He prayed all night, but he always had people around him. He always had demands on him. There was always something to do, someone to heal. There was a multitude of needs around him constantly, but he never replaced intimacy for activity, right? When we start to replace intimacy with God, time with God, sitting with God, being still with God, for, oh, I better quickly go over and do this and, you know, be busy for the kingdom. That's when we get over to works. And I just felt, you know, some of us are going to be stirred from the weekend, but it's got to be done God's way. Amen. 
Psalm 37, 4 to 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That speaks of just abiding with him, getting to know him, and he'll put in your heart what he needs done. Verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him. And who brings it to pass? He, he brings it to pass. Amen. Delighting in him above all else. I was thinking about, you know, my husband grew up on a farm and I was asking him about this um, because it says in John uh, eight thirty eight, Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you the things which I've seen and learned at my father's side. And, you know, Greg growing up on a farm and he worked with his dad a lot. And I said, how did that go? Like, tell me about that. How did you, you know, you learn and, and know what to do and what was best for the farm? And he just said, well, I was with my dad all the time, you know? And it's the same with us in the kingdom. The more we spend time with him, the more his desires become our desires. His character is our character. Amen. If you think about an ambassador of a country, you know, they represent a country, but they, they know what the country wants. And then they go out and they do that. You know, just put someone fresh off the job, knows nothing about the country, and I'll go represent them. You know, and I'm not talking about sharing your testimony, but I'm talking about, you know, the further we go along with God, we've got to sit with him. We've got to allow his desires to become our desires. Amen. All right, I'm just going to skip a little bit and go to my third point. So the last point I've got is uh, moved with compassion, motivated by love. This is where we want to get to because Jesus modelled this so well. You know, it constantly says in the Gospels that he was moved with compassion. That was what made him act and, and you know, want to go out and reach people and bless people. It wasn't, oh, I'm the son of God, I guess I better, you know. It was a heart thing. You know, I think about my kids, I've got a little chart for them because they've just been really taking their time in the mornings to get ready for school, 7.30. So I'm like, right, here's your chart. You're going to tick that off when you get ready at 7.30, okay? And you get five of them, we get a prize at the end of the week. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like Jesus was doing that, oh, heal someone. It was a heart thing. You know, and there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about how the love of God has already been shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5, 5. 2 Timothy 1, 7, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What are the fruits of the spirit? There's love. This is something that we've already got. You know, I was kind of thinking about how when you, you pour an electrolyte drink and you get the water and you, you rip off the powder and you you know, you stir it. If you just kind of left it to sit, well, maybe it wouldn't dissolve. Maybe it would eventually. But you really just want to stir that thing up so it can dissolve. And it's kind of like that with the love of God in our hearts. We want to stir up who we are. We want to read about who God says we are and allow that to come out. Amen? And we'll just go to one more, one more passage and then we'll uh, close, which is Luke 7. Luke 7, 11 to 17. It's when Jesus raises uh, the son of the widow. He totally messes up this funeral. You know, it's hilarious. 7-11. 7-11, all right. Now it happened. The day after that he went into a city called Nain. I actually had to Google that. I'm like, how do you 
say that? Nain, Nan, is it Nan bread? It's Nain for anyone who wants to know. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow. So you can just see that Luke's had a bit of insight into what Jesus might be thinking. Already he's moved with compassion. It's like, you know, this woman's only got one son and he's walking past and there's heaps of people. And it says, when the Lord saw her, what did he do? He had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead stood up, began to speak, and he was presented to his mother. Wow. We've got to allow the love of God to move us. You know, that's where the power flows from. That's where the gifts of the Spirit flow from, not duty. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it says it profits me nothing. Amen? So we want to get to this, guys. And again, the love of God is already in our hearts. If you just stand up this morning, church, I just feel God really wanting to release some people from that, you know, it's hard, it's hard going. It's not his design. He says, my commandments are not burdensome. Amen. So we just thank you this morning. Lift your hearts to him, guys. Father, we just thank you that you see every heart. Lord God, we as a church, we just want to do things your way, Father God. We want to go forth in your ability and your strength. Father God, I thank you that we are the ones who have ceased from our works. Father, and we enter into the complete work of Christ. We just thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who works in us to will and to work for your good pleasure. We just thank you, Father God, that we're going forth into a season of fruitfulness, Lord God, because we're a church that abides. We just thank you, Lord God. Praise you, Father. If there's anyone here who isn't in a relationship with Jesus, you know, if this is all new to you and you would say, I want that, I want you to come forth. It's a bit different now because we don't have the worship team, but come forth if you want to pray that prayer. And also if anyone wants prayer to just, um, you know, any of the things that I've spoken about this morning, you want to be able to move with the compassion of God. You don't want it to be like a burden. God does so much better than that. It's such a joy to walk with Him, you know. says the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about what you can do and can't do. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's where our strength is. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. We thank you that it goes forth, Father, that you watch over it, Father God, to bring it to completion. Father, I thank you for every single person here. Father, that today is like a faith injection, Lord God, that your people go out and share your testimony, Father, that we're a people that are led of God. Father, we're not out of sync with you, but we're in sync with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Just, just want to catch, and I just know there's some among you who fit this category of, you know, you've been around for a long time and, you know, you've been in the Word and you know some things about, you know, um, you know what it is to trust the Lord and, and to walk by faith in Him. 
love you all, you know, it's great. And remember, sometimes the, the, the place where we fall back to is a place of believing that God can do it, talking about healing, talking about provision, talking about, you know, those areas where you have need, okay, where we, we, we think that going to a place of faith is to get to that place of saying, well, I know God can do it. I'm just going to trust that God can do it, all right? But where Jess was going today, I believe, is, is a, a little step further than that, which is this, is to know that he will do it. That's another little step in the right direction. And, and um, just staying in that place too and recognising the difference. And, and I, I, I can't recall what your name is, but I know the Lord wants to minister to you today, young lady. Sorry? Emma. Emma. I know the Lord wants to minister to you today in a big way. So trusting, trusting um, goes further than knowing that God can do some things, but actually getting to that little step higher, which is God will do it. You know, and and classic classic example. Uh, Rosemary's just been uh, down to Perth, and you know had a you know uh, a property down there that was changing hands, and of course some extra expenses came into that. And I'm going looking at my budget. I'm going, uh, uh, okay, and I and I just came back to that place. God will do it. God will do it. And then during the week, I even only had time to testify to Pastor Peter this week about this. A phone call came and that phone call was enough <laughs> that phone call was enough to cover every aspect of those needs expenses etc etc but you know I was first of all it just I had to come to that well God can do it no to God will do it and I was in that God will do it and just not knowing where from and I tell you he can drop it in he can drop it on your head you know he can drop provision in your head. He knows, he knows how to have a, you know, a ram caught in the thicket. And remember that, always. He always knows how to get what you need to you right where you are. Amen? But we've got to, we've got to stay in that place. It doesn't make faith works. It, 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 it doesn't do that. But that place of absolute rest of knowing he can and he will. And then just resting in that, not even being concerned about how he's going to do it, getting involved with your mind or your thought life on how he's going to do it, because he will do it and rest in that. Thanks, pastors. What we put our hands together for Pastor Jess. Awesome message. And um, we're just going to uh, close the service now and, uh, and uh, again ask the blessing of the Lord upon us as we go.